Good morning and welcome to worship on this sixth Sunday after Pentecost. Whether you are joining us via our YouTube channel, our podcast, or our radio broadcast, we are glad you have found your way to this time of worship. Much thanks um, today to Pastor John and Muriel Michelson for sponsoring our radio broadcast. In worship this morning, we get to welcome Pastor Don Wisner, who will share a sermon with us. In preparation for our worship, I invite you now to light a candle, to gather some bread and wine or juice in order to celebrate Holy Communion a little later on in our worship service this morning. We begin our worship now with a prayer of confession. Wherever you are, I invite you to make the sign of the cross upon yourself as I make the sign of the cross upon us all. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose steadfast love is everlasting, whose faithfulness endures from generation to generation. Amen. Trusting in the mercy of God, we join in a prayer of confession. Let us pray. Reconciling God, we confess that we do not trust your abundance, and we deny your presence in our lives. We place our hope in ourselves and rely on our own efforts. We fail to believe that you provide enough for all. We abuse your good creation for our own benefit. We fear difference and do not welcome others as you have welcomed us. We sin in thought, in word, in deed. By your grace, O God, forgive us. Through your love, renew us, and in your spirit, lead us so that we may live and serve you in newness of life. Amen. Beloved of God, by the radical abundance of divine mercy, we have peace with God through Christ Jesus through whom we have obtained grace upon grace, and our sins are forgiven. Let us live now in hope, for hope does not disappoint, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Amen. We join together in singing or gathering hymn, Light Dawns on a Weary World. Him number 724.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We sing together our hymn of praise. Almighty God, we thank you for planting in us the seed of your word. By your Holy Spirit, help us to receive it with joy, live according to it, and grow in faith and hope and love through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God's word to Israel's exiles is as sure and effective as never-failing precipitation. Their return to the Holy Land is a new exodus. It's cheered on by singing mountains and by trees that clap their hands. We hear our first reading from Isaiah chapter 55. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall be to the Lord for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. We join together in singing our gospel acclamation. gospel that's appointed for this day is a reading from St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? 
be answered. An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But the master replied, No, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles, then to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. Here ends the reading of the gospel for this day. I think before we begin this morning, there are some things we ought to just refresh ourselves on. First of all, it's important to remember that Jesus did not just simply walk around the countryside saying things that were wise and smart, and someone was there writing them down, but rather instead, uh, each of the parables that Jesus told was in a context. There was some setting that was so important that Jesus needed to respond to it. It's also important to remember the use of parables. Parables were stories. The word simply means to lay something that is known along something that is very complex or something that is not well known. Usually Jesus told stories like parables because something was so difficult to understand that people just simply couldn't grasp it. Or, or second, told stories because something was so hostile to a person's understanding that the only way that they could simply get through was to tell something that was familiar that people already accepted. And so, and so it is today with this story, the story of the weeds and the wheat. Remember that the church of Matthew's time was much different than the church we experience today. Although there were some similarities, the church in Matthew's time was an outlawed community. To become a part of the church in Matthew's, the, the called out, those who were chosen, uh, the ecclesia, it, it, it meant that you had to leave things that were extremely familiar to you. Oftentimes you had to leave your family and your friends. You had to leave your traditions and you had to become a part of a community that was outlawed and therefore on the fringe. It was an extremely lonely and perilous place to be. It was a church that was filled with great, great fear. What was going to happen? What did it mean then to be in the midst of a community that is greater than yourself and dangerous to you? And, and so in response to that, Matthew, of all the stories that Jesus told, of which there must have been many, chose this particular one to address that kind of a concern. Uh, the church in Matthew's day, before the third century when the church became legalized, had elaborate procedures in place to guarantee the safety of the community. Uh, great, great care was taken to, to determine that the church remained pure and was free of people who would try to sabotage the way. And so a whole three-year process was developed in order to become Christian to begin with. Processes, for example, of, uh, of sponsorship and public examination and uh, some of the things that we still do today, but we do it for different reasons. So the church in Matthew's time was a fragile community. It was a, a church that was fraught with uh, all sorts of insecurities. And, and, and so it was that it was necessary for Matthew to remind his community of this wonderful little story that Jesus told about weeds and wheat. What does it mean for Matthew's community uh, to, to have to live uh, in, the, in the midst of uh, people that were contrary and oftentimes the enemy is its very existence. And, and, and what do you do in the midst uh, of, of that kind of a community uh, that surrounds you? Well, in one sense, it's very, very appropriate that we hear this story today because although we are not 
We are not members of outlawed communities and we enjoy the protection of the state. We do live in perilous times. What does it mean for the Christian church today to live in the midst of things that, as Luther said, threaten to undo us? Because the world is still devils filled and uh, it's still as perilous as it, as it ever was. What does it mean to live in the midst and to also live in the meantime? This is the meantime. For, for many people, we spend an enormous amount of time just sort of now waiting to get back to normal and to get things back to the way that they were once when we could come to a church building on a Sunday morning and we could sit in the pew and greet our friends and, and be surrounded by the familiar. What, what, what does that now mean when we cannot, when we cannot do that? There, there's a term that uh, I have a great deal of difficulty with, and, and that is this whole notion of um, of social distancing. We are not socially distant. We may be physically distant, but we certainly need to become socially in proximity with each other. And what shape is that now going to take in these times? These are times when we need to remind ourselves of precisely who God told us we are to be. It shouldn't surprise us that the very first sermon that Jesus preached defined very clearly of who he intended this new community of faith to be. And he used two wonderful, wonderful images. He said, first you are to be salt. You're to give the, you're to give the world its flavor and its taste. And number two, you are to be light. And if we know anything about salt, we know that salt is extremely important because it allows us to savor. But we also know that light is extremely important. When you were a very small child as I was, it was important at night that somebody left the light on. I felt safer then. And, uh, and, and, though, uh, and though I trusted my parents, if they closed the door too tightly, I became frightened and I became scared. And the most loving thing I think at night that my mother could have done for me was to leave the door open just a crack. And I soon came to know that the opposite of love is not hate, but the opposite of love is fear. We live today in fearful times. That's the shape, I believe, that the demons take today. They take the shape of fear. And what happens then when we become frightened? When we become frightened, I think our first reaction is to run away. And where do you run if you're somehow sequestered in your home? You, you, you run inside yourself and you become sort of self-imposed hermit. And number two, if you can't run, then you try to fight it. And so what we have today is expressions of anger that seem to be everywhere as people try to act out their various fears that are often self-imposed, but more often than not, are imposed by others who recognize the toll that fear can take. If you want to undo someone, make them feel afraid. And it's so easy to do in these times. And so we are to be salt, and so we are to be light. But probably even more important, we are to be a community of people that has a memory a memory in which we recall the promises that our Lord made to us.
made on our baptism. We were baptized into death and resurrection. And, and just like Good Friday signifies death and Easter signifies resurrection, we should never forget that there is a day in between. We call it Holy Saturday, but it is chaotic and things are in suspension. And even though we would like to move as immediate as we possibly could from Good Friday to Easter, there is the in-between time, the times of chaos in which I think we find ourselves today. We are children stamped in our baptism with that movement. It's always forward. It's never backward. It's moving to something that gives us new life. But most of all in these times, perhaps it's important to remember that our Lord also made a promise, a promise that he came to make all things new, all things new. And it's the newness of it all that maybe frightens us the most. But never as a community of faith will we be willing to trade resuscitation for resurrection. Amen. We join together now in singing our hymn of the day, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, hymn number 504.
Together we confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Called into unity with one another and the whole creation, let us pray for our shared world. Gracious God, your word has been sown in many ways and many places. We pray for missionaries and newly planted congregations around the world. Inspire us by their witness to the faith we share. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Creating God, the mountains and hills burst into song, and the trees and fields clap their hands in praise. We pray for the birds and animals who make their homes in the trees, and for the lands stripped bare by deforestation. Empower us to sustainably use what you have given us. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Reigning God, we pray for our nation's leaders. Increase their desire for justice and equality. We pray for our enemies. Bridge the chasms that divide us and guide authorities to a deep and lasting peace. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Abiding God, care for all who are in need. As we pray especially today for Marion Jensen's daughter, Jen Robertson, and Jen's friend, Christy Hughesby-Albo, who has received a kidney from Jen this past week. We pray for swift healing, recovery, and good health for them both. We pray for Linda Mercer, Jane Barr's sister. We pray for Lucille Whittier, Carolyn Barnhart, Steve Knudsen, and Marilyn Lee, all members of our congregation. We pray for Lynn Leventure and, Pit and Sue Pittman, friends of Sherry Nero. We pray for all who find themselves in the midst of doubt and uncertainty. Renew their faith and give them confidence in your presence through whatever they may face. We pray for those who find themselves deep in worry or fear. Provide a sense of peace and hope. We pray for those who are struggling in any way, ease their burdens. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Renewing, God, nourish and nurture the seeds you have planted, that we might grow as disciples, replace whatever has been depleted, sustain our ministries and deepen relationships within our wider community. Help us ever to be creative in the ways we connect with one another and in the ways we seek to serve others. Hear us, O oh God, your mercy is great. Eternal God, we give thanks for all who have died as we remember, especially today, Gwen Lacander, who passed away this past week. Comfort her family and all of us in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. Hear us, O oh God, your mercy is great. Receive these prayers and those too deep for words, as we pray through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. If you are gathered with others this morning for worship, I invite you to share a sign of peace with them as we greet one another in peace and wish peace to you wherever you are. Peace be with you. We uh, welcome 
your offering to OSL to support our shared ministry. I remind you that you are always invited to send your offering into our church office or use our online giving option on our website at oslme.com. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for the ways that you support our ministries and support the many and varied community agencies and organizations doing such good work. Thank you for the gifts that you have to share and for the ways that you use them in God's world. We now join together in singing our offertory, Let the Vineyards Be Fruitful. and life. All creation is yours and your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. Water and word, wine and bread, these are signs of your abundant grace. Nourish us through these gifts that we might proclaim your steadfast love in our community and in the world. Through Jesus Christ, our strength and our song. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I invite you now at this time to celebrate communion together with those who are with you or to receive the gift of communion yourself. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Today, as you celebrate communion, Michaela shares a gift of special music with us, La Khalifa, excuse me, let me try that again, La Khalifa, um, by composer Ennio Marconi. All of the special music this morning provided by Michaela at the prelude here at communion and the postlude is by this composer, um, Ennio Marconi, who died this past
Beloved, may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. God of welcome and grace, in this meal we have feasted on your goodness and have been united by your presence among us. Empower us to go forth sustained by these gifts so that we may share your passionate, fierce, and neighborly love with all. Through Jesus Christ, the giver of abundant life. Amen. And now I remind you that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. As you enter now into the rest of this Sabbath day, may God the Creator, Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, bless you, and keep you in eternal love. Amen. I want to share with you now just a couple of brief um, announcements. The first is an invitation to join me and a group of us for morning prayer. Um, on Wednesday mornings, we meet at 8.45 for some fellowship time. Morning prayer begins at 9 a.m. If you are interested in joining that group um, for, to start your day with a word and scripture, just send me an email and I'll be happy to send you a link um, to that Zoom meeting. I also invite you during these summer months to pick up the book, uh, Waking Up White by Debbie Irving, um, and to read it and then join me on Sunday, July 26th at 1 p.m. for a book club discussion about, the, about that book. Um, if you're interested in being a part of that discussion, again, just send me an email and I'll be happy to share some more information about that. Lastly, I remind you that if there is a prayer concern that you have or if you wish to speak with one of our parish nurses or one of the pastors here at, at Our Saviors, please reach out to us. We are here for you and you can find all of our contact information on our website at oslme.com. We sing now together our sending hymn, The Spirit Sends Us Forth to Serve, number 551. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.